praise him, praise him till I'm gone. I'm gone, praise him, praise him till I'm gone. When the places go up, the blessings come down. The blessings come down. When the places go up, the blessings come down. The blessings come down. When the praises go up. Oh, oh, oh. The blessings come down. Like blessings keep falling in my lap. Come on, how we doing tonight, C12? Man, that was uh, some amazing worship. I, I get intimidated to even come up on the stage after moments like that. Anybody just grateful to be in the presence of God tonight? Anybody? Okay, that was not too impressive, but next time I'll give you another shot. Hey, uh, man, I'm super excited for, uh, for what's just happening around C12, man. If you're new with us or, or maybe you've only been here for a little bit, uh, just so you know, summertime is not like a we take a break off and things cool down a little bit and not as much is happening around here. Uh, that's, that's not us. I don't know where you came from, but that's not us. And so uh, things, like, and things tend to pick up around here uh, at C12 during summertime, and we just have a lot of fun, a lot of parties, and uh, we still worship Jesus, but we like to party too. And so we're going to be doing that. And a lot of people come home from college. They come back to C12 to the family. And so it's just an exciting time uh, to be around. So I want to encourage you, if you're hanging around in Gwinnett this summer, Man, stay plugged in, stay, stay tuned to what we're doing. You can follow us on all the little social media things, MySpace, all that stuff. And uh, anybody still have a MySpace account? Come on. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I'm just kidding. Uh, but stay tuned to what we're doing. I'm, the Gwinnett Braves game is going to be awesome. It's a phenomenal prize, 10 bucks. I know you guys are poor, ain't got no money. But if you can somehow scrounge up some money, get someone to donate something to you, uh, it's going to be a good time, and I'd love for y'all to go. Make sure you reserve your ticket online, okay, because I'm only buying a certain amount, so first come, first serve. Uh, I felt like I was going to say something else. I was going to just say something, but I can't remember what it is. But uh, tonight we do have Kona Ice is coming uh, after the service. If you didn't know that, Kona Ice will be here. So you all get fresh shaved ice, whatever it is, uh, just to honor you. How many of you are doing finals right now? How many are taking finals? You're in the middle of finals. This is what, this is what I was going to say. I was going to give a shout out to all of you that showed up, even though you got finals going on this week. Because you love Jesus, you came to church, right? So for all those uh, that you got friends that didn't show up, why don't you just send, send them a text right now and say, hey, I love Jesus more than you. Just go ahead and tell them, tell them I told you to do that. It's okay. I'm just kidding, but so glad that you're here. Hey, uh, we start a brand new series. Obviously, we're being inspired by the phenomenal theologian, Chance the Rapper. He's got so much to say about, uh, <laughs> about blessings. And uh, we're, we're, so we're talking, around, talking about the blessed life. What is the blessed life? What does it mean to be blessed? Uh, how do you know if, if you're walking in God's blessing? Uh, what are blessings in general? Just kind of everything about that root word, bless. That's kind of where we're going, and uh, I'll tell you kind of the reason behind that, and, and maybe I know you guys are intellectual beings, and you're smarter than I am, but uh, maybe you haven't noticed, it doesn't take very long just to get on 
whatever Instagram or whatever uh, thing has hashtags, which is everything these days, but whatever thing has hashtags, it doesn't, doesn't take very long to find the hashtag blessed, right? People have been doing that for years. And uh, in my experience of, of just looking at the hashtags, the majority of them seem to be surrounded or they, or they seem to be attached, associated with things like, um, just give you some examples, things like uh, I, my child got through flu season and didn't get sick. Hashtag blessed. Uh, I made it through finals and didn't fail anything. Hashtag blessed, right? Or, or uh, I made it through three months in a relationship. Hashtag blessed. How many of you, amen? Uh, what are some other ones? Um, God, here's, here's, here's one that we find a lot. God has blessed me with a great job. God has blessed me with a great job, making more money, hashtag blessed, right? I received an offer to play D1 football. I saw that a lot on Twitter, hashtag blessed. Uh, I saw this one as well. I got a BMW as my first car, hashtag blessed. Some of you are like, hey, that person is blessed. I need to find that person, <laughs> right? But, but it, you know, maybe it's not all of them. But the majority of them seem to be surrounded uh, by good things that happen in their life. And so I would just ask this question. I would say, well, does that mean that my child didn't make it through flu season without getting sick, so I'm not blessed? Or I didn't make it through finals without failing, so am I not blessed? Or I didn't grow up in a family that could buy me a BMW for my first car, so am I not blessed? You follow me? Is that, that's kind of like the reaction. I mean, at least it is for me. So uh, I didn't have that same experience, so I guess I'm not hashtag blessed, right? Or you can even ask the question, so were you not blessed before you got that? Like, is that the thing that made your life blessed? You know, so there's all these questions, at least for me, and, and, and I feel like maybe if we just stop for a minute and, and think a little bit, that maybe you have the same, same questions, like, um, what are we meaning? What are we talking about when we talk about being blessed? It just seems to me like we primarily associate being blessed to our circumstances. And, um, like, when, when, <laughs> when was the last time you heard someone say, uh, got fired from my job and my girlfriend broke up with me, hashtag blessed? <laughs> you know? Never heard that before, unless you wanted your girlfriend to break up with me, would break up with you, or, or really struggling with some anxiety, hashtag blessed. I've never heard that, right? Like, when, when, when have we ever heard the term blessed associated with something that maybe wasn't a great thing in our life? We wouldn't do it, because we just naturally associate it with good things that happen to me, I'm blessed. But perhaps... Perhaps we have let hashtag blessed become a part of our theology that was never supposed to be there. Perhaps we've let the idea or the thought of being blessed become a part of a theology that really God never intended for us to have. Shout out to Passion Tea Drinkers. Such a girly drink. And the reason, why, uh, the reason why this is important to have this conversation is, is for a couple reasons, but uh, not only because of the theology 
reason of, you know, the how you perceive God in your heart and in your mind, uh, I, I think gets answered when you ask this question about what does it mean to be blessed. It's important theologically. Not only that, but you got to think about what is the perception it gives to people who may not be Christians? What's the perception it gives to people who are not uh, Jesus followers or maybe who aren't fully bought in yet or maybe who are just investigating things a little bit? If you say, uh, God bless me with a new job. Well, if I don't quite believe in God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be like, well, weird because I didn't get blessed with that. So what did you do to earn that? So does God, does God like deliver blessings based on how good you are? Or how come God didn't give me that? Or I believe in God. How come he didn't give me that? You see how uh, when we associate blessing only with great things that happen in our life, it can cause people to ask some questions, and rightfully so. How come I didn't get that blessing? Why did God choose you for that blessing? And so it's important that you wrestle down uh, kind of this conversation. And so uh, let me make a distinction real fast as we get into it, because uh, th- it's important that I make this as we get into this conversation for the next three weeks. Uh, I am not talking about you uh, associating blessed with I'm very fortunate. Okay, if, if, that's, if that's your definition, uh, I'm blessed to have uh, a great family. If you're saying I'm very fortunate to have a great family, great, family, great. That's, that's awesome. I, I think the most of us, when we say I'm blessed, our definition of it is something like uh, God has somehow looked down on me and considered me worthy of giving me something or 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 you know blessing me with something god has given me specifically this blessing like it's it's something that god has intentionally done for most of us that's what we mean when we say i'm blessed if you just mean it like i'm very fortunate well then go on i don't think you're quite using the word right but go on i guess with your bad self um oh i don't know whatever so you got to you got to know uh, kind of that's that's what we're talking we're talking about a, a specific like Higher power, God has blessed me with, some, given me something. That's the kind of, of blessing that we're uh, referring to. So um, I want to enter into a conversation for the next uh, three weeks that I believe is a grown-up conversation. Turn your neighbor and just say, you're grown-up. You're grown-up. You're, you're here at C12. Some of, some of you are questionable. But you're a grown-up. Yeah. I want to have a grown-up conversation with you, okay? Here's what makes it a grown-up conversation. How many of you remember when you were a child, when you were just a wee bitty little thing? Uh, when you were a child, you would say something to your parents or to, to an authority. You would say, hey, I want to do this. They would probably say, no, you can't do that. And then you would say, why not? And then they would respond with something like this, because I said, you guys remember that? You hate it, right? That's from the devil, because I said so. No, it, it's, actually, it's actually a good thing. It teaches you about, about obeying authority, that kind of thing. But I can't tell you the last time that uh, because I said so was said to me or I said it to another grown-up. That doesn't happen in grown-up conversations. That's a, that's a child conversation. Right? It would be kind of odd if I said that to a, a grown-up. Uh, and the reason is this. Grown-ups uh, don't just take surface-level things. They like to go deeper into things, Right? 
We don't just do surface level stuff. I want to I know the meat behind it. I want to know the why behind it. I want to know all the intricate parts of it. I don't, I don't just take a surface level answer. I want to have a grown-up conversation with you where I'm not going to give you just a surface level answer, or what I perceive at least to be a surface level answer in, in the times that I've had this conversation with people. I think, I think the majority of time when we talk about being blessed, uh, we primarily go to two extremes. And one extreme we have over here is like we oversell blessed. We oversell what it is. And essentially what we, what we do is if you follow God, good things will happen to you. Well, like it's truth, but it doesn't have all the truth in it. There's more to it than just that. But I think sometimes we just try and get out of the conversation by just saying, well, if you just follow God and do what he says, then good things will happen to you. Well, I think it's true, but there's, there's more to it than that. On the other side, we undersell what it means to be blessed. And we just say, you don't need anything in life. All you need is, is Jesus. Sell everything you have. You don't need money. You don't need blessed is just when you have God. Well, it's true, but I think somewhere in the middle is where we want to go and, and where I believe that Scripture actually takes us. Somewhere in the middle is what it means to be blessed. And so we're going to dive in. I would encourage you, man, get in the conversation, dive in, pay attention, maybe take some notes if, if you got a pen and paper or notes on your phone or whatever. And come the next, next two weeks because uh, I'm going to give like a general vague overview tonight. I, I think it will still be helpful and it's good stuff. But I'm going to give a general vague overview and in the next two weeks we're going to dive a little bit deeper. So you ready? You're like, dude, you've already taken 20 minutes. Come on, speed it up a little bit. Um, let's see. First, as, as we kind of get into the conversation about bless, and we, and we really want to know what, it, what the scriptures say about it. We want to know what the Bible says about what it means to be blessed. Obviously, uh, we should go to the Bible, right? We don't just want like a worldly view of what it means to be blessed. We want to know what the Bible says about being blessed. So let me take you there. You ready? Uh, here's what you need to know. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament is full of this term blessing, full of it, or, or some form of the word blessed, bless, full of people being blessed, God blessing people. Uh, in fact, in, in the Old Testament, it shows up uh, over 600 times in the Old Testament alone. And in the Old Testament, to be blessed, this is important, to be blessed is to be granted special favor by God, listen, resulting in, resulting in joy and prosperity. Now, that's what happened in the Old Testament. When God blessed someone, often what followed, in fact, primarily what followed was prosperity, was wealth, was money, was joy. All this, like, material things followed God's blessing. Now, if we skip ahead into the New Testament, the emphasis switches to primarily a spiritual blessing. That when God blesses, it's a spiritual inner thing that happens inside of me and you. So it shifts from a material thing to a spiritual thing. In the New Testament, the word blessed, blessing, is found just over a hundred times. And every single time, it never has anything to do with material blessing. Never has anything to do with material prosperity. So there's a big shift in how the word is used in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you probably say, well, why why does it shift? Why does it change? Glad you asked. Let me tell you. How many of you were actually asking? Let me tell you why. 
in the Old Testament, God's primary way of relating to humanity was by their good works and the sacrifice of animals to atone for their sins. So it was uh, their ability to obey God's commands dictated his relationship with the people. Okay, So they were stuck to the law. They were stuck to his uh, commands that he'd given them, and that's how he related to his people. And so if they were a righteous people, he would show his face to them, and blessing would come, and good things would happen. If they were not, well, then the opposite would come. And that's how God related to people. Then Jesus shows up on the scene, praise God. Jesus shows up on the scene, and it says that he fulfills the law. He fulfills the law, and he becomes ultimately the greatest blessing. He becomes the ultimate blessing. I want to just kind of uh, backtrack on some scripture here. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, so the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 12, God tells someone named Abram, who would eventually become Abraham, but right now he's Abram. He tells Abram that all the people of the earth would be blessed through him, through Abram. He says, all the people will be blessed through you. Now, this was a... Uh, amazing thing to say, and all of them thought, okay, well, that means that lots of prosperity would come, and, and, and from me, you know, kingdoms would be built, and, and uh, you know, territories would, would be conquered, all these things, and so all the people would be blessed through Abram. Now, I want to take you, that was Old Testament, Genesis chapter 12, I want to take you to the New Testament, to Matthew chapter 1, okay, Matthew chapter 1, the second verse, I could actually read the first verse, but just the second verse says this, the very first word is this. It gives the, the genealogy of Jesus, okay? So you, you guys know how you have like a great-great-grandfather who begot a great-great-grand, you know, you know all that stuff. That's his genealogy, the tree, whatever. So in Matthew chapter 1, it gives the genealogy of Jesus. So everyone that was in the line that eventually led to Jesus. And the very first name, who do you think it was? Abraham. It says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and it begins pages of genealogy, which eventually leads to Jesus. So when God told Abraham, Abram back in Genesis that all the nations, all the people would be blessed through him, what he was saying is that through him and through the line, the genealogy, that Jesus would show up on the scene, and Jesus would then offer salvation and redemption for all humanity, and that would be the ultimate blessing for everyone. Isn't that cool? That happened in Genesis, and we see it play out thousands of years later in Matthew, that Jesus is the ultimate blessing. So you got to know this. That Jesus is the ultimate blessing. When you get him, you get the ultimate blessing. Now, I want to give you just a few thoughts and a few things that uh, now that you know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament term of blessed, uh, I want to give you just a few things. Are you taking notes? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Just encourage me a little bit. Okay, write this down. This is kind of a long saying, but number one, in Jesus... I have the blessing, all caps, the blessing. Now, God is committed to helping me experience the blessings of full satisfaction in Jesus, the blessings of being fully satisfied in Jesus. So I have 
in Jesus, the ultimate blessing. Allison, leave that up there for a little bit so they can write it. I have the ultimate blessing of Jesus. And now God is committed to helping me experience the blessing of being fully satisfied in him. I'm going to unpack this a little bit for you. Here's what you need to know. Let's first read Matthew chapter 5. Kind of the big, uh, the big passage of scripture around the word blessed or the term blessing in the New Testament that everyone goes to is Matthew chapter 5. And it's uh, Jesus' is preaching uh, Sermon on the Mount is what it's called. It's also it's the Beatitudes is what this uh, particular passage is called. But Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at uh, verse 3 through 10. Are you ready? It says this. I'm just going to list off. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, blessed. Blessed, blessed. And I'm about to tell you what this word blessed means, and it's going to unwrap this kind of scripture for you. Blessed. The term blessed in the Greek is this word. Somebody say it to your neighbor. There you go. There you go. Makarioi. I said it with some some umph. Makarion. I don't even know. That's the Greek word for blessed that's used here, okay? Here's what it means. To be fully satisfied refers to those receiving God's favor regardless of their circumstances. But to be fully satisfied, to be fully satisfied in Jesus is what it means to be spiritually blessed. Now, I want to read to you. That passage of scripture, that same passage of scripture in uh, the message version, it's, it's a uh, translation by Eugene Peterson that just kind of puts it in, in maybe some modern day language that you can understand. But I want you to think about this word of to be fully satisfied. So I can be fully satisfied. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, let's read it together in the message version. Verse 3, there it is. Here's what it says. You're blessed, you're fully satisfied in Jesus when you're at the end of your rope. What? That doesn't sound good. With less of you, there is more of God in his rule. You're also blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. So I'm fully satisfied in Jesus when I've lost what is most dear to me. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed, fully satisfied when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed, you're fully satisfied when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is the food and drink in the best meal you'll ever meet. You're blessed, fully satisfied when you care. 
At the moment of being careful, when you're full of care, you find yourself cared for. That's packed full of stuff right there. You're blessed, fully satisfied, when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Here's what I want you to hear. We talk a lot in church about how Jesus can fully satisfy you, that nothing else can quench your thirst. In fact, two weeks ago, Chase uh, preached up here, and he talked about the woman at the well who had been searching for uh, everything to, to quench her thirst, and nothing could do it, but she met Jesus, and he fully satisfied her. And we talked about how uh, Jesus fully satisfies our lives, right? We talk a lot about, well, what does that actually mean? Well, it means that I can be fully satisfied in Jesus when these things happen. I'm going to read them back to you because they're a little crazy. This is how I know he satisfies me. When he takes me to the end of my rope. Hashtag blessed life. When you've lost what is most dear to you, that's when I'm blessed. When you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. When you're hungry for God, blessed. When you care, blessed. When your inner world is right, blessed. When you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight, blessed. When your commitment to God provokes persecution, wait, wait, did you hear that? When your commitment to God provokes persecution on you for being a Christian, you're blessed. You're fully satisfied when that happens. When people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you, you're blessed. Now, this doesn't sound like the blessed that we're used to seeing, right? The blessed of, I just got a new car, blessed. Jesus says that you're blessed when you are fully satisfied in him. So here's what you got to know. That God is committed to doing whatever he has to do to get you to be fully satisfied in him. God is committed to doing whatever he has to do so that you can find full satisfaction in Jesus. And that's when you're blessed, when you find full satisfaction in him. So here's what this means. Whatever pushes me to become fully satisfied with Jesus is a blessing. Whatever pushes me to become fully satisfied with him is a blessing. So in bad, in the tough things in life, in the desert, in the wilderness, when things don't go my way, when things are hard, when I hit a trial or a struggle in my life, that's when I become blessed. Now listen, this is important. It's not that the trial is your blessing. It just means that that is the pathway by which you can experience God's blessing. Because when you go through a trial, that is when you can experience God's comfort the most. That's when, that's when you experience God's peace, only when you need peace, right? Only when that takes place can you experience his comfort, his peace, his provision, his protection. All of these things come, sometimes not in life's greatest circumstances. So even in your trial, in your struggle, in your battle, God then points you, if you will point your attention to him rather than away from him, then that's when you'll find the blessing of his comfort and his peace and all of those things. And you can be blessed because you're fully satisfied in him. That's what it means to be blessed, to be fully satisfied in him. So in the good things, 
right? Hopefully you got some good things going on in your life. Like a good father, God desires to bless his children. He desires to give you good things. He does. And hopefully you'll experience some good things. But it's God's desire that the good things in life would remind us of his goodness. And, and, and I'm about to drop something on you here. <laughs> so check this out. When you experience a good thing in life, the good thing is not the blessing. The blessing is that the good thing would point you to the blesser. So when you get a new job, the new job isn't the blessing. God gave you a good thing so that you would then be fully satisfied in the fact that Jesus provided for me. That Jesus always takes care of me. That Jesus is a good God and he gave me this. So the job isn't necessarily the blessing. The job is the pathway by which God wanted to fully satisfy you in his goodness. Am I making sense to anybody? So you got to understand the blessing is when you're fully satisfied in God. So that means that even in the bad things in life, I can be blessed because in the bad things in life, I experience more of Jesus satisfying my longing that I have. And I can be blessed. But no one says, lost my job today blessed and I'm not saying you should I know that's kind of weird but in your mind I lost my job today maybe maybe God is trying to show me that he is my ultimate provider and that even in my lack or even in my need that he gives me all that I need I'm blessed because he is what fully satisfies me not, not jobs, not, not a great boyfriend or girlfriend, not, not great finals. I mean, those, these are all great things. But God wants you to see the ultimate good. He's not opposed to good things, but he wants the good things to show you the ultimate good thing. That's why he gives you good things. And that's why he wants to bless his children. That you would then see the blesser. Blessings are best when you recognize the giver of the blessing. When you recognize the giver. I know it's semantics. I know it's just language. But it's important. The blessing is him. And he will go to extreme lengths so that I can be blessed with him. So here's the good news. God is on a mission to draw you closer to him. Did you know that tonight? Be encouraged tonight. God is on a mission to draw you closer to him. And he'll go to great lengths to make that happen. Even so much so that in your pain and in your hurt, you can be fully satisfied in him and be blessed. But how many of us, you know, I bet there's some people in here that are going through some hard things. Maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you're going through the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life. What I've noticed for some reason, both in good and in bad, we don't, we don't thank the blesser. We actually tend to run from the blesser, you know? 
And when something good happens to us, it's not like we get closer to God. The majority of us, when something good happens to us, we become self-reliant, self-dependent. Oh, I got this. I got this figured out. I got a great job, great money. No need for me to pray for God to provide for me. So in the good things, we actually run from them. And then in the bad things, we experience pain and hurt, and then we start questioning him. So instead of leaning into him, we lean away from him. So in both circumstances, I think our knee-jerk reaction is to lean away from God, not lean into him. And so what God tends to do is to maybe uh, take you through a hardship, take you through something, so that you can learn to lean on him rather than away from him. So I just, you know, I know that you're walking through your own thing, and I know it's hard, and I, have, I can't relate, and maybe I've never been where you've been, and I've never experienced what you've been, but I just want to encourage you that as you're walking through that, God desires for you to lean into him so that you can be fully satisfied by him, fully satisfied by him. He may not have caused that thing to happen in your life. God's not the author of evil, if you've experienced that. He's not the author of evil. But our God is so good that he can take even the worst circumstances, the worst situation, and turn it into a blessing. Turn it into me knowing more of him, me experiencing more of him. That's what God can do. And then he can give you good things in life so that as I experience a good thing, I'm reminded of his goodness. I'm reminded of him. But I just know our knee-jerk reaction is to lean away, and I just want to challenge you tonight. Where are you leaning? Some of you are in the good. Some of you are in the bad. Some of you are walking through it right now. Some of you are praising God because you just came out of it. Whatever season you're in, lean into him instead of away from him. Just a few questions for you and then we'll close out. Jared, you can go ahead and come back up. I just want to ask you, what is, what is God doing in your life, good or bad, so that you could be more fully satisfied in him, blessed? Whatever God is doing in your life, in one season or the other, it's so that you can be more fully satisfied in him. If you're blessed with the good, praise God. He gave it to you. Thank him for it. You're going through a good season right now. Amen. Let, him, let it remind you of the goodness of our God, that he loves you and he takes care of you. He provides for you. He protects you. He's your security. He's your confidence. Let it remind you of that. If you're going through the hardship right now, if you're going through the hardship, let it remind you that he's the one that pulls you out. He's the one that rescues you from the mud, from the miry clay. He's the one that does that. He can be your ultimate peace. He can be your ultimate comfort. He is your ultimate blessing in whatever season you're in. In whatever season, if you can be fully satisfied in him, you can be blessed. Maybe, maybe you're missing the blessing. Maybe you're missing the blessing. I think one of the biggest dangers for us is good things happen to us. Good things happen to us, and we say, that was a blessing. Uh, I just want to give a big warning sign real fast. What if the good thing that happened to you actually pulls you away from leaning into God, 
causes you to lean away from God, it's, it's not a blessing. If you, if, if you took a job because it gave you more money, and yet in having that more money, you didn't depend on God, and you didn't steward it the right way, was that a blessing? God will never give you something and call it a blessing if it causes you to not be fully satisfied in him. It's not a blessing if it causes you to be fully satisfied in something else. So if in your relationship with a boy or a girl, if it causes you to not be fully satisfied in God, but be fully satisfied in that person, I just want to tell you that they may not be a blessing. Because <laughs> God doesn't give blessings that don't cause you to be fully satisfied in who he is. So here's, here's what's crazy to me. Is that you're going to face good or bad, or good and bad. We all will. It's a fact of life. We all will. And you get to decide whether it will be a blessing or not. How you respond to it determines if it will be a blessing or not. So in the bad things that I face... How you respond to it determines if you will be fully satisfied in God or not. In the good things that you face, how you respond to it, it's up to you. God gives and takes away. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Job. I'm telling you, this man went through it. You should go read his story. And at the end, he says, the Lord gives and he takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, he gives and he takes away. And in both seasons, blessed be the name of the Lord. In both seasons. I just want to encourage you tonight, whatever season you're in, whatever season you're in, God could be giving you a blessing. He's trying to show you how to be more fully satisfied in him. And so I want to challenge you tonight. And here's the question, the last question I'll give you. Challenge you with this question. When you pray, God bless me. God bless me. I just remember being a kid and always praying, God bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless that, bless that. That was just kind of my go-to. If you pray, God bless me, what you are saying is, God, I'm willing for you to take me through whatever you have to take me through, good and bad, so that I can be more fully satisfied in the person of Jesus. If you dare pray the prayer, God, bless me. Bless me, God. I want your blessing. I want to be blessed by you. What you are praying is, God, I'm willing for you to take me through whatever you got to take me through so that I can be more fully satisfied in you. If it's good, blessed be the name of the Lord. If it's bad, blessed be the name of the Lord. Whatever you got to do, God, to make me more fully satisfied in you, do that. That's what you're saying when you pray, God bless me. Bless me. Are you willing to pray that prayer is my question. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to pray over you. My prayer is that you would, uh, that you would contemplate that question. And we're going to discuss for the next few weeks a little bit more in detail about being blessed and, and how do you know and, and 
all these kinds of things I'm excited about. But I think the question for tonight is, are you willing, are you willing for God to do whatever he's got to do so that you can experience what it means to be fully satisfied in him? It may take pain. It may take hurt. It may take great good things. But either one, I'm willing to go through it so that I can experience what it means to be fully satisfied in Jesus. So, Father, I pray over everyone in this room. God, you are a good God, so good that you would desire to be so near to each of us that we would experience what it means to be fully satisfied in you. That's how good you are, that you were not content with the old way of doing things. You were not content with it being up to us. Oh, but God, you wanted to give yourself freely to us so that we could experience you. That's how good you are. And Father, I know that um, you desire for each of these young people to know you more. And so, Lord, would you give them, me, us, give us the courage. Give us the courage to say, yes, Lord, do whatever you got to do so that I can be fully satisfied in you. May we give you our yes tonight. Give you our yes tonight. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet and, and I just think it'd be appropriate for us to sing to close us out tonight. And I, you know, my prayer is that you would just ponder that question and maybe, maybe God's convicted your heart of, of where you're failing to give him your yes. I know he is for me as I studied this message and just thought about it. Just thought, man, there's so many areas that I'm not willing to give God my yes. But the truth is, if I want to be fully blessed, that's what it's going to take. So as we leave tonight, as we worship together tonight, my prayer is that you would give him your yes. Give him your yes. Took the